Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. And this morning in our summer series on the attributes of God, we are going to zero in today on this one attribute of God called omniscience. That is saying that God is all-knowing. God has perfect knowledge of all that has happened in the past. God has perfect knowledge of all that is happening in the present and all that will happen in the future. So check this out. God needs no golden ticket on a time machine. God fully knows right now all that has happened, is happening, and will happen. It's pretty cool. The omniscience of God. To jumpstart us today, let's look at this definition together. It's going to come up on your screen. Um, Just some words that, that will help us wrap our hearts and minds around this concept together. Omniscience is God simultaneously knows the actions, thoughts, and intentions for every being, both light and dark, in all of the past, all the present, and all the future. Let your heart and mind swell around this idea about who our God is. And I want to point out this little clause in here, both light and dark. What that means is God knows the actions, thoughts, and intentions of every being that is human, every angelic being, every demonic being, every being that belongs to the light and every being that belongs to the dark. God fully knows the actions, thoughts, and intentions of all beings perfectly, simultaneously, in all of the past, in all of the present, and all of the future. Our intention this summer is to spend time looking at the attributes of God, to, to, to really look closely at who he is so that a couple of things might happen in our hearts, so that we might be people of greater and deeper reverence for God. Amen? We want to be amazed by him in fresh ways. We want to be floored by him in fresh ways. We want to be men and women, young and old, who marvel at God. And we don't get caught up in all that sparkles in the stuff of earth, but that we are people who our first love and our worship is reserved for the God who is absolutely unique and amazing. I want to show you one other definition of omniscience this morning, and um, actually we're going to move into some theological quotes together around this, um, this idea uh, of, of what it is to understand God's omniscience. Look at this uh, first one from A.W. Tozer, this author that some of us are reading together over the summer, um, The Knowledge of the Holy. Look what Tozer says, God knows instantly and effortlessly All matter and all matters, all mind and every mind, all spirit and all spirits, all being and every being, all creaturehood and all creatures, every plurality and all pluralities, all law and every law, all relations, all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feeling, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities, all things visible and invisible, in heaven and on earth, motion, space, time, life, death, good, evil, heaven, and hell. Did we cover it all? (laughs) Beautiful quote by Tozer saying, Don't just think that God sees you on a Tuesday 
or that God has really good eyesight from heaven. Our God is not just a gifted human. He is other. He is an uncreated being. He is God, very God, eternally divine, supreme and sovereign in all ways. And part of that includes his omniscience, meaning there is not an aspect of creation. There's not an aspect of the universe that right now God is missing any detail of that aspect in creation, in the universe. God sees it all. He knows it all. You want to have your mind blown even more. Here's what another theologian wrote about this. This is a guy named Wade Grudem. And he said, if God fully knows himself, he knows everything he is able to do, which includes all things that are possible. This fact is indeed amazing. God has made an incredibly complex and varied universe, but there are thousands upon thousands of other variations or kinds of things that God could have created but did not. God's infinite knowledge includes detailed knowledge of what each of those other possible creations would have been like and what would have happened in each of them. How many of you guys are a fan of the uh, Avengers movies? Yes, Walker's a big fan of the Avengers movies, which is awesome. In that you have um, this last series of films that have come out, the big question of what's going to happen because Thanos has got all the power and, and he snapped his fingers and all the people vaporized and what's going to go on. And Doctor Strange, who had the ability to see in other alternate Possible, possible universes and, and timelines and all those things. He sat for a moment and in his superpowers was able to think through every other possible scenario, how it could all play out and all of those different ones. It was lots and lots and lots of them and he was able to see how they would all play out so that they could have some confidence in the one they were in. But this is what Grudem is saying about God, that God... Grudem wrote this long before Marvel came out. God, as he created you and me and a thing called a tree and stuff called water, God also had limitless creative possibility for variations in our earth and in his creation and different things that could have been and could have been made a different way and could have functioned a different way. And God fully knows all of the infinite details for all of the infinite variations and possibilities. God is big. He is bigger than we remember he is. And our heart this summer is to lean in more and recapture some of this wow. I'm convinced, friends, that when you and I have a lot of wow in our hearts, it changes the way we live. We pray with more boldness. We trust him more quickly. And we are also very quick to point people to our limitless God when they're confronting a situation or a problem in their world. Lots of wow in our hearts is really, really good for us. Let's turn to the scriptures this morning and, and, and let the scriptures show us how God has revealed himself to be omniscient, all-knowing. The first one's going to be found in Psalm 139, verses 1 to 4. Psalm 139, verses 1 to 4. We're going to look through several scriptures together. They'll come up on the screen for you if you didn't get a chance to uh, bring your copy of the scriptures today. Psalm 139, verse 1 
The psalmist says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. God sees us. God is all-knowing. According to the scriptures, he is omniscient. Verse 4, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So God not only sees what we are doing, God sees what we will do. God knows in advance because he sees perfectly past, present, and future. Psalm 147, verse 5. It's going to come up on your screen. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. There is no bottom in the understanding of God. There is no edge to what he knows. Another passage of scripture, Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The omniscience of God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Meaning, who can ever inform God of anything? Who can ever teach God anything? Who could ever be his counselor? Who could ever give God some information? Because he already has it all. And it's helpful to remember that God has not learned these things, but God being God, has all knowledge, not accumulated or acquired, it's just his. This passage here in Isaiah 40 is actually quoted two times in the New Testament. You see it once in Romans and you also see it in 1 Corinthians. This idea that God is unique, there is no one like our God. He knows and sees and understands all things, full history, full present, full future. Let's look at a couple other passages. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching here and he says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room or your prayer closet and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret, omniscient, all-knowing, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need. What's that word? Before you ask him. The Father knows what you need before you ask him. God is all-knowing. One more passage of scripture, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is covered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Look at this. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. 
not what you have done and not what has been done to you. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There are a couple of ways that you can look at the omniscience of God. The idea that he is all-knowing, that he has all understanding, that he has perfect, simultaneous knowledge of all beings, of the light and of the dark, in fully in the past, fully in the present, and fully in the future. He knows what is going on. He knows what has happened. He knows what we will do, what all beings will do. There's a couple of ways you can look at that. One of them is as bad news. <laughs> that could be interpreted as bad news this morning. And you could use this phrase. Listen to how I say it. He sees you. The all-knowing omniscience of God could be interpreted or received as bad news this morning. It could be received as a little bit of an uh uh-oh. Nothing is secret. All things are laid bare. You mean I haven't really been able to cover my tracks? You mean I haven't really been able to get away with it? He sees you. It's a little bit of a warning. The all-knowing omniscience of God is a little bit of a warning to us. For as good as you are in lying, for as good as you are in falsifying the paperwork, for as good as you are in erasing your browser history, nothing is hidden from the Lord. He sees you. Don't receive it really as bad news. Receive it as sobering news. For every moment you and I have thought we've gotten away with something, we have not. So let that warning, let that admonition come into your life and let that just be a moment of grace today. God brought you to church this morning, some of you, to remind you that he sees what is done is secret. And he's all-knowing. He sees you. He sees you. And it would be wise of you to listen to the kindness of God for bringing you here this morning to let you hear that. And it would be wise of you to respond with repentance and obedience. He sees you. There's another way that you can interpret this, and this is the way I hope we all will this morning, is as absolute good news. Listen to how I say it. He sees you. He sees you. You may think you're unnoticed, but he sees you. You may think that that he has forgotten, but he hasn't. He sees you. You may think that you're just a small little person in in a big city, in a big state, in a big country, on a big planet, but he sees you. Is that good news? He knows you. He knows what's rumbling around in your soul. He knows what keeps you up late at night. He knows what makes the tears stream. He knows what causes the fear to just make tension all throughout your body. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows every single detail of your world. And this is encouragement to us. 
And it would be wise of you to take note of the fact that God has brought you to church this morning to remind you that you are not hidden, that you are not forgotten, that you are not small and unimportant. You matter to the heart of God. He sees you. He does see you. He sees. You matter to him. God brought you to church, some of you this morning, to be reminded of that and to give you hope. I feel like I'm in this all alone. I feel like nobody cares. I feel like I'm just isolated. I feel like I'm just off where I'm not even on anyone's radar. God brought you to church this morning to remind you that he is all-knowing and you're on his radar. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He sees you. Isn't that interesting, the ways you can look at the all-knowing nature of God? He sees you. He sees you. What does this mean for our lives? We've looked at what Scripture has said. We've looked at what some theologians have said about the all-knowing nature of God. But what do we do with this? How does this make a difference on a Monday? How does this make a difference in our world? What is the big deal for Christ followers that God is all-knowing? I'm going to walk you through six things this morning as we wrap up. Number one, letter A. Because God is omniscient, he loves and accepts you in Christ, fully aware of your future inconsistencies, failures, and sin. Because God is omniscient, he is all-knowing. He knows what you're going to do next month, next year, next decade. He, in Christ, fully loves and accepts you with the full knowledge of your future inconsistencies, your future failures, your future sin. It's beautiful. I am loved by God just as I am and just as I will be. And God loves you too. A good bit of us in the room are married. We put on fancy clothes and we had a big party. And we invited people and there was cake. And it was fun and expensive. And it was the big deal in our life. It was our wedding day, and we stood uh, apart uh, from this other person we were marrying. And, and I'm, I'm married. I've been married 29 years, and I'm the husband, and my wife stood apart from me. And we made promises to each other. We exchanged vows with each other, and we looked each other in the eye, and we said, as God is our witness, we declare and commit and covenant on this day that I am yours for better or for worse for richer or for poorer, in sickness or in health. And as Stacy stood across from me that day and looking absolutely gorgeous in her dress and, and we made promises to each other, as we did that, she was looking at me and she, she know, knew me pretty well at that point. We had been friends for a while, we had been dating for a while, we had been engaged for a while. And we had gotten to know each other pretty well, but she had no no way to have full knowledge of who I was going to be in year three, in year seven, in year 20, or year 29. But in this moment of faith, and in this moment of trusting God, and in this moment of being overcome by all my amazing charms and good looks. That was a little quick on the laughter there. She made these promises and in some ways saying, 
I'm having to say for better or for worse because I'm not sure what's ahead. Think about God. In Christ, God has offered himself to you and he's not rolling the dice. He's not unsure of who you're gonna be. He knows your actions and your attitudes and your intentions and your habits in year two, in year seven, in year 20, in year 29, in year 89. God is all-knowing. And one of the things his omniscience brings to us is this beautiful sense of being accepted by God, faults, flaws, and all. The beautiful old hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. God knows you're gonna wander and he loves you still. God knows how and when and how often and how many times you're gonna say, this is the last time and I won't wander anymore and then you'll wander again. God knows all of that and he says, I'm here, I love you, I am not going anywhere. I'm not bailing on you. I'm not pulling back on you. I'm not pulling out one drop of my love for you. He sees your past, your present, and your future fully. That's one of the ways we know God loves us. Letter B, because God is omniscient, he knows and understands what is true. Let me unpack this for a moment. God understands and knows what is true. Meaning, if you were in a situation where someone falsely accused you or something, or if you were in a situation where it became a he said or a she said, here's the deal. Because God is omniscient, you can have confidence that God knows what is true. God saw your actions. He knows what you did. So he's in your corner, on your side, behind you. And he will act in justice. God also saw your true motives. If you were misunderstood or if something went sideways, God knows the true motives of your heart. Hopefully that's encouraging to you and comforting to you today that God is all-knowing that when something went squarely, he knows who you were in that moment. He sees So take some comfort and rest in that. On this same train of thought, he sees the true actions and motives of your enemies. God knows. God understands. God sees. God saw what happened. God saw what was said. God knows what kind of attitude it was said with. God knows. Because he's omniscient, he knows what is true. And then lastly, under this one, I just want to remind you that because God is omniscient, he, he knows what is true, meaning he sees your true efforts. He sees your true efforts. God knows that you are walking in a way of holiness, even if no one else knows or notices or is patting you on the back. God knows that you are serving your family tirelessly and you're working hard and you're, you're exhausted and you've just been sacrificing all over the place. God knows. God sees. God knows when you've been standing in your integrity and doing what's right, making those, those strong, hard choices. Even if no one else notices or pats you on the back, God sees 
God knows what is true. So be encouraged by that. And as you grow up in Christ, dear ones, this is what grown-up Christianity looks like, that God seeing and noticing my work is enough. Grown-up Christianity says God is all-knowing and all-seeing, and even if no one else gives me props, even if no one else pats me on the back, even if no one else showers me with honor and appreciation and thankfulness, God sees, and that's enough, because the work I do in this life is to the glory of Christ Jesus. He sees what's true. He knows the life you're living and the road you're walking and the way you're doing it. So carry on and let's echo the words of the apostle. Do not grow weary in doing good because you are not unnoticed. He sees. Letter C. Because God is omniscient, he knows and understands the pain of the human life. Because God is omniscient, he knows and understands the pain of the human life. God is not remote in heaven looking down upon us in earth and just saying, oh, get over it. Because God came incarnated as Jesus. And Jesus lived life, fully man, fully God, in the mystery of the incarnation. And Jesus lived in humanity. Jesus lived among humans who can be rotten. Jesus experienced betrayal. Jesus experienced abuse and being wrongly accused. Jesus suffered on this planet. That's why we love the quote from Tozer that says, his knowledge of our afflictions and adversities is more than theoretic. It is personal, warm, and compassionate. Whatever may befall us, God knows and cares as no one else can. So if you have suffered, if you are grieving, Jesus wept. He knows what grief is. If you are struggling in pain, Jesus has experienced pain. If you've been betrayed, abandoned, falsely accused, mistreated, rejected, your God is all-knowing and he knows what that is all about. Be encouraged by the knowledge that God has, the understanding he has for the pain of the human life. Letter D, because God is omniscient, our prayers do not inform him. Isn't that great? Because God is omniscient, our prayers do not inform him. God does not get little alerts on his phone that pop up all over the place from North America and Australia. He doesn't get a lot from Antarctica. There aren't a lot of people there. He gets, he, God doesn't have those alerts. God likes, oh, I didn't know that. God has never uttered the thought or phrase, oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's news. God is all-knowing, and so prayer never informs him. Prayer is this mystery where God has invited us in to partner with him uh, in the accomplishment of his will. Um, it, it is one where we ask of the Father out of the burden of our heart, but we're never informing him because he is omniscient. 
is all-knowing. Here's what that means. When you pray, God is already aware of every aspect of your need, and he's aware of the depth to which your heart feels it. God is already aware of every aspect of your need, all the players, all the options, all the needs, all the ways it could be worked out, all the ways it could turn out, and he also understands fully the exact weight that it is putting on your heart. He understands how deeply you are feeling it. So you might say, well, God already knows it. Do we just not tell him? Do we not just go, hey, God, that thing you know, hey, help. No, we bring our hearts to him. He's called us to ask and seek and knock. He's called us to plead and to pray. He's called us to to cry out to him. He has invited us in to this mysterious partnership in the accomplishment of his will for for his people. So we pray, and we pray in detail, and we pray asking, because faith is included in prayer, right? Faith is when God I'm believing some things in this moment of prayer. I'm believing you already know about it. I'm believing that you're glad to hear from me because you love me. I'm believing I don't have to earn my opportunity to pray to you because of Jesus. I'm believing you care about what I'm praying about. And I believe you have the power to do something about it. All of those things are part of prayer. All of those things we bring to the Lord. But because he's all-knowing, you and I have never informed him of anything. He sees you, he knows you, and he's inviting you in to pray, and to pray specifically, and to pray consistently. Two more. Letter E. Because God is omniscient, every warning he gives is one of grace, kindness, and love. Every warning he gives is one of grace, kindness, and love. Now think about that for a minute. This is because he's omniscient, because he's all-knowing. Here's what I mean by this. (laughs) He gives you a warning. He's not guessing how it will turn out. He knows. But when God declares warnings and consequences, he's not going, uh, be careful because this might happen. God knows. He is warning you from a place of full knowledge. So when God says, don't go down that road because there's only heartache and regret and destruction and pain and consequences down that road, it is a warning from a place of love and grace, and kindness. It is God saying, I love you so much. I don't want to see you tasting consequences. I don't want to see you standing in destruction. I don't want to see you in a place of regret. I am loving you with a warning because I'm not guessing at all how this is going to turn out. I am telling you, if you keep going down this road, this will happen because he's all-knowing. So every warning he brings his kindness and love and grace. What's God been warning you about lately, friends? Teenagers, adults, men, women. What's God been warning you about in your soul? What 
little alarms has the Holy Spirit been setting off in your heart that when you've been engaging in this or dabbling in this or hanging around in this or talking about this or looking at this or engaged in this or neglecting this or forgetting this, what little alarms has the Holy Spirit been setting off in your heart that have been loving, kind warnings where he's saying, turn back, turn back. And I'm not guessing. I'm telling you what I know as God. Turn back. It's the kindness of God to warn us out of his perfect knowledge. One more. Letter F. Because God is omniscient, My future isn't unknown, it is simply undisclosed. Man, let that fill up your soul this morning. Your future isn't unknown, it is simply undisclosed. Young people, God knows where you're going to go to college. God knows what your schedule is going to be in the third semester of your junior year. God knows what shirt you're going to put on that morning. And how many days it's been since you watched it. God knows the eye color of your kids you're going to have. God knows how it's going to feel for you when you tuck them in bed at night. God knows the surgery you're going to have someday. God knows the losses. God knows where you're going to move. God is infinitely, perfectly He has knowledge, full knowledge of every detail of your actions and thoughts and intents in all of your future. He sees it right now. God sees it. It isn't undetermined. God isn't still building your future. So trust him. Because when you get to your future, guess what? He'll be there. When you get there, he'll be there. And as he is sovereign and loving, he will be for you in that moment. Because he's always sovereign. He's in control. And if I show up in my future, whatever it is, if God's there and if he's in control, I'm content. Amen? Because that's easy to say. But as we wonder how it's going to turn out, and Lord, I'd love to have a golden ticket and a time machine. I'd love to see how this goes. I'd love to see what's going to happen. Okay, Lord, my future isn't unknown. You just haven't shared the details with me yet. It's just undisclosed. You haven't named it yet. It's just unnamed. So when I get there, when I round that corner into that new present, you'll be there, and you'll be in control, and you'll be for me, and you'll be with me, and that's enough. So I'm not going to spend my today worrying about my tomorrow. Both of those things, today and tomorrow, need to be in the hands of God, amen? 
because you don't know everything you could or should do in this present, but he does. And you don't know everything that could or will happen in the future, but he does. So God's omniscience should cause us to rest. He sees you. He sees you. One of the things that's happened at swimming pools, public pools, community pools, neighborhood pools, for decades and decades and decades, since there have been community pools and rec pools and neighborhood pools and city pools and all those things, there has usually been a diving board. And there has also been a family that shows up at the community pool, and there's uh, typically some parents there and some kids there, and one of the kids of a certain age, you know, maybe second grade or so, maybe third grade, the kid's got the floaties still on the arms a little bit, and he's got goggles uh, on, on his eyes, and I mean, he's just, just a whole lot of enthusiasm and not a whole lot of purpose. A little boy, excited. And he's like, I'm going to go off the diving board. Watch me, Dad. Dad, watch me. Watch me, Dad. Watch me. Daddy, do you see me? Do you see me, Dad? Do you see me, Dad? He's ooching out on the end. That's a Greek word, ooch, by the way. He's, mo- he's moving down the end of the diving board. He's going to, like, Dad, you see me? You see me, Dad? You see, are you watching? No, no watch. Watch, Dad. Watch what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to do this dive. And I'm going to go. And, and he gets ready to dive with the goggles and the floaties and the swimsuit. And he's just, his little body flings itself off of that. And in his mind, he's doing an Olympic caliber dive. I mean, no splash. Just pencil straight dive into the water. But really, in his second or third grade self, he's just flinging himself off the diving board, arms and legs going in different ways, and it's really more of a belly flop. But he's like, watch me, Dad. And then, working, working, working to get to the surface after he dives, and he says, what? Did you see me? Did you see me? And that experience that's happened over and over and over again at public pools and community pools and neighborhood pools, backyard pools, is a scenario that happens for so many of us in our lives all the time. Watch me, Dad. I want you to be happy, Dad. I want you to be impressed with me, Dad. I want you to approve of me, Dad. I want you to think I'm something special, Dad. I want you to think I'm great, Dad. Watch me, Dad. Watch me, Dad. Watch me, Dad. And the Lord is saying to you this morning, I see you. I see you. I'm not busy off in some distant galaxy. I'm not busy off in Asia right now. I'm not working on things in Florida that I'm too busy for you. I am God. And I see you. And you have all of my attention. Because I'm God. And you and I Every day we do our thing and we're doing our best and we think it's this Olympic caliber dive. But a lot of days, can we be honest, as we attempt a Tuesday, it's just arms and legs flailing. And a lot of days it's closer to a belly flop than a beautiful dive. Can I get a witness? And we come to the end of the day breaking out of the water. 
did you see me? And I'm concerned that a lot of us have that end of the day moment where you're like, oh God, I hope you didn't see me. Because I just am not proud of my day. And I want you to hear the voice of your Father in heaven who says, I see you, sweetheart. And I so love you. That was a great day. And I believe you can have even better days tomorrow. Sleep well. God sees you. And he sees the way you're trying to do the best you can. And he wants you to remember he loves you. And he's for you. He does have some expectations for our lives. True? He does have some expectations for obedience, for godliness. But don't ever think that God doesn't see you. He loves you just as you are. And while you're having a great day today, He'd love to even have you, help you have greater days tomorrow. And those greater days don't have anything to do with fame or wealth or possessions. But they have to do with you being full of joy in his spirit and enjoying what God has made possible, living free of shame and fear and listening to his loving voice when he says, don't go down that road, go down this road. He sees you. And that's really good news. Let's pray.